tonight, if you look with me in the Word of God, in the book of Psalm, Psalm 37, this evening, I want to be brief in my thinking this evening, if I may, but just the thought that I'd like to be able to give across to you this evening, I don't want to be like the old guy back in the mountains one time, and he stood up in testimony meeting and said, I was sitting here on this thought with a bench running through my head, so I hope I have not a bench running through my head, I hope it's a thought running through my heart. But in Psalm 37 and verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Let me read it again. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. I want to talk about steps being ordered of the Lord. When a child is born, about the only thing that child can do for the first few months is wiggle and make noises on both ends. And then as the child begins to grow a little bit more, uh, that child begins to roll over and turn over. Then that same child will be able to sometimes not even crawl, but on the floor, uh, scoot and roll around and then begin on fall fours and begin to crawl. And then that same child, the magic day comes when that child takes its first step. When that child takes the first step, we think that baby is now a genius. And uh, we're, we're excited about that baby walking. The first steps are not very graceful, at least, at least though the child is walking. Taking those first steps is a big deal. It's a big deal for the child. It's also a big deal for the parents. But where will those steps take that child? Where will those little feet travel in all the days of its allotted life? How many of those children uh, will walk the right path? What path will they choose? Will the child walk the straight and the narrow way uh, that leads them into the things of God, that leads them into peace with God, that will lead them into a life that is separated from sin? Or will those steps uh, lead them down a slippery path that's traveled by so many uh, in this world today that will lead them into death, into destruction, and into bondage along the way? But I remind you, the longest journey in all the world begins with a step. And steps, to me, imply progress. Not big progress at one time, but steps imply uh, progress along the way. By definition, uh, a step uh, is a movement made by lifting your foot, putting it down in a different place. It means advance or progress, even though the step may not cover a long distance of space. When the Bible says the steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord, it implies that we are advancing uh, in the work of the Lord. We're moving forward. We've all heard it said, you cannot steer a parked car, and that's very true. The only way to make progress spiritually is to attempt to put the Word of God that we've read into practice. We read the Word of God. We study the Word of God. Our young lady tonight has given many, many hours to the study of God's Word. But friend, that's commendable. But if all that stays is right here, then the Word has not applied as it should. We need to study the Word, memorize the Word, but then to live out that Word on a daily basis and do what that Word said. We pray, we read, we practice the teaching of the Bible, and then we follow the leading of that as well. Again, the Bible says, Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. God leads the steps of his people. I am grateful I'm not here all by myself. I have the Word of God in my heart. I have the Word of God available to read on a daily basis. And I have the Holy Spirit inside me that can lead me in the path. My steps can walk in the path that's laid out in the Word of God. We may not always understand the way the Lord leads us, but hear me, church, well 
can we know our guide? And if you and I know our guide, the steps that we follow day by day will lead us in a place of of beauty, a place of wholeness, a, a place where everything that we will need will be given to us by the Lord. Now again, steps also implies a small distance. A step is the distance that's covered in a step. Now when my wife and I walk, she wears me out. I've got these little bitty bony legs of mine, and I mean, I have to take two steps to her one. Uh, so when I, she covers more distance in one step than I can cover in two. Uh, we know that a step, in other words, a step refers to a small movement. Now cars can speed down the road at 70 miles an hour. Jumbo jetliners can go across the sky at hundreds of miles an hour. And if you're a good bicyclist, uh, you might be able to ride around town 10 to 12 to 15 miles an hour. But taking one step at a time is much, much slower. Now, I don't know about you, but here I go again. I hate snakes. And I killed another one the other night. That thing was as long as long could be. And And the more I think about it, it got longer than that. And it was a big round one. And the more I think about it, it was more round than that. It was only black, but it's a dead one now. Don't, don't kill black snakes, Pastor. They kill it. Now I'm going to kill any snake. If it pokes its ugly head at me, it's gone. But it, when I go to the house during the day, I walk out in the backyard like this. When I go at night, I go like this with a light on. Why? To make sure that we don't join up with each other out there. I know the black snake won't hurt me, but it will make me hurt myself. You know what I'm talking about. So I take that light in my backyard. We need some light on the pathway that we go through as we take steps every day with the Lord. And the Bible said, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now that light that I carry at night, it don't see all the way around the house, but it does help me to see one step at a time as I go. When I get in the car tonight, if it would be 10 o'clock, it's going to be dark outside. When I turn my headlights on, it's not going to show me uh, a straight light all the way to where I live, only so much feet at a time. And that's what it is with God. If we will follow the steps of the Lord, one step at a time, we may think we're making progress, but one step at a time, we're making progress with the Word of God as a light into my feet and a lamp unto my pathway. Praise God for that. Now, God does not usually illuminate the entire path, only that which we are on one step at a time. Now, with that background in mind, here's the point of what I want to try to get across this evening. I don't want you to take offense to what I'm trying to say. I don't mean this to be uh, uh, anything against God or anything like that or sacrilegious. The point is this. The steps of a good man are order of the Lord. But the problem is this. God does not show us the whole path we're walking on. God is an almighty, all-powerful God, and God is not weak about anything. But let me say this. In context, God is weak in filling out detail. Think about that for a moment. God is weak in filling out detail. He puts us on the path. And one step at a time that we go, but we don't always know where God's path is going to lead us. 
And in the being led of the Lord, we often are in for a shock of our life when we walk upon that path. The Bible is filled with examples of good men and good women that were spirit-filled, that were listening to the voice of God, that were on the path that God put them into, yet their steps led them into dens of lions. Their steps led them into fiery furnaces with raging fire on the outside. Uh, the steps led them into treacherous uh, places where it was dangerous, paths that were terrible, troublesome roads, and dingy prisons as well. Yes, our God is a God that's weak when it comes to detail. Look at Paul and Silas. They wanted to minister in Asia, but the Holy Spirit forbade them to go to, uh, to Asia. And they saw a man from Macedonia in Europe come over here and help us. Wow, we've got the mind of God. We know that we know that we know we are in the will of God. Come on, Silas, this is going to be great. And one step at a time, they're walking to Europe. And they end up in Philippi. They get there, there's no synagogue. There's not enough men to have a Jewish synagogue, not 10 men to have a synagogue. So they went down by the lazy river. And there they're met by a group of women, not men, but women. And now they're ministering to women, not men. And there's a demon-possessed woman there that's just on Paul's heel like a little old poodle nipping at his heels all day long. And finally had enough of that. Cast the demon out. God used him. Praise the Lord. You'd think people would be happy. A soul been set free. A life been born again. But no, when God blesses, the devil messes. And next thing you know now, uh, people are upset with Paul and Silas. They go to the Roman government. These men are preaching a doctrine contrary to what we believe. They throw their carcasses in the jail. But before that, they beat them profusely. They're hungry, perhaps embarrassed, probably scratching their head. The steps of a righteous man ordered of God. Really? Hey, God, why didn't you let us in on this detail? Why didn't you tell us about what's around the corner when we have been listening to you. We followed your steps. The steps of a righteous man is ordered of God. We're following. Why didn't you tell us about this? Had we known we could have packed some warmer clothes for this cold, dingy prison. Had we known we might have brushed up on Roman law before we got here. Had we known maybe we brought a first aid kit that helped with these lacerations where these Roman soldiers about halfway killed us. God is short on detail. The steps of a good man in order of the Lord? Really? Really? God directs our steps, but God often is short on detail as to where those steps may lead us. Anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? Am I talking to myself? And we always hear that God delivers. God heals. God sets the captive free right quickly. We hear all the great testimonies, the miracle after miracle, if we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And all, that, all that's true, but what happens when we pray and healing is not manifest? What happens when we pray that the prison house be opened up and we're dying and rotten in that prison? What happens when we pray when we dedicate our child to the Lord and we have the promise that the, 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 the hope, I should say, uh, that when they're old, they're not depart from it. And now they're out sowing their wild oats. What do we do when we follow the steps of the Lord? And then we're now, we're given more to missions and we're given more to building funds and we're given more to ministry financially and we receive the pink slip. Where are the sermons about that? that? Where's all the teaching tapes coming up with those type things? 
God, why didn't you fill me in on the details of this journey? My walk with you began as a marvelous journey, one step at a time, but now these steps have led me into a living hell. Couldn't you just told me about the delay? Couldn't you have warned me about the roadblock? Why didn't you let me know about the situation I was entering into? In the midst of taking the steps of life, life happens. Did you hear me? In the midst of walking out the steps of life, life happens to us. Life takes us by surprise. It hurts. But what do we do when life happens? You ready for a deep theological answer? We keep on walking. We keep on walking. We keep on walking. Paul and Silas in prison did not give up in frustration. The steps of a righteous man's order of God. Hey, we're right here in this prison. Let's make the best of it. Si, you ready for party? <laughs> and they did. It wasn't cake and ice cream, but it was praise and worship to God. And while everybody else was screaming, let me out, their scream was praise unto the Lord. God is weak on detail, but he's strong in his belief system with you and me. I said, God may be weak on detail, but he is strong in his belief system when it comes to you and me. Nowhere does God ever promise life would be easy or pain-free or trial-free and all of our days filled with sunshine. Life is often painful, it's nasty, it's messy, and thank God sometimes we may not know what's going on, but we know the God who's directing our steps. Yes, if you're being led of the Lord... If you're walking with him one step at a time, you can trust that God knows his business. God knows his business. I said God knows his business. If you and I are being led of the Lord and we end up in prison, God knows what he's doing. If we're being led of the Lord and we end up in a fiery furnace, God knows what he's doing. If we're being led of the Lord and we end up somewhere in a boat that's about ready to capsize, God knows what he is doing. The next thing that God does will always be better than the last thing that he did. He may not tell you all the details of the journey, but we've got to remind ourselves this is a journey. The prison was not the end of Paul's journey. The prison was not the end of the the journey of Silas. There was a place where they could grow, a place where their faith could grow, a place where God could get glory at that place in their life. They didn't want to be at maybe, but God said, you know what? I've got more faith in you right now than you may have in me. And while you're right here being led of my spirit, you're in this prison and something good's going to happen if you just hold on and keep the right attitude. So they have made the best of a bad situation. And we know the rest of the story. He may not tell us all the details, but he reminds us that we are in a journey. We all have a destiny, and there are going to be a few blowouts along the way. We're going to blow a few engines along the way. We're going to have a few flat tires along the way, and we're going to have engines that blow up on us, but that's all part of the journey that began with the first step with the Lord. Now, friends, what do you do when life gives you the worst? What do you do when you're on this journey And God doesn't give you all the details. We get up and we put one foot in front of the other and keep on keeping on till journey's end. Paul and Silas, no details from God. 
But at the end of that prison experience, they were set free miraculously and brought salvation to the entire jailer and his family. What about Moses? Moses, he's out in the backside of a desert, minding his own business, tending sheep, and nosy as he was, he saw a bush burning. And he goes up to that bush and he hears a voice from that bush, take your shoes off your own holy ground. And here's a bush that's not burning up and the bush is not burning down. God is a consuming fire. And from that bush, he, you know, he's a stutterer, but what, 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 I am that I am. I want you to go back to Egypt, Moses, and tell Pharaoh to let my people free. But, 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 I can't talk to, 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 good. Mel Tillis of the Old Testament. He went back. Aaron was there with him. Now, Moses was an old man, and we, I don't think he was Charlton Heston in the let them go. I believe he walked up to him. Hey, Pharaoh, let them go. Who's this crackpot guy? Who does he think he is? I'm just telling you what God told me to tell you. Let him go, 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 go. Well, he didn't let him go, but God put the hurting on Pharaoh. Now, all of a sudden, Moses is being attacked by the nation of Israel. And now he's got the Pharaoh and the Egyptians upset with him. No wonder Moses prayed. Nobody else he could talk to. They were all upset with him, his own people. And Moses following the Lord to the T leads them out to the Red Sea. And there they are, ready to crucify him. You brought us out here to drown. But God wanted to show him what was in his hand. And Moses, watching, it's a rod. Stretch it out. And the sea parted. And they went on dry ground. Now you would have thought the nation of Israel would have been excited. I think they were. But we often forget on the journey of life the things that God has done for us in the past. And now they're on the safe side. All of the Egyptians drown there in the Red Sea. They're out there now uh, 13 days and they're out of food and, uh, and they begin to murmur and complain. You brought us out here to die. You brought us out here to die. For 40 years they're in that wilderness. Ready to crucify Moses. All because Moses was following the steps of the Lord. It's one thing when you're following the steps of the Lord to get ostracized by the world. But boy, it sure is painful when the people you're ministering to want to ostracize you. Or your own flesh and blood wants to ostracize you. But Moses, on one occasion, he interceded for him. God was ready to zap them all. And Moses said, God, just blot my name out of the book of life, but spare your kids, spare your church, spare your people. That's love. That's love. But in the final analysis, they were delivered by the hand of God working through Moses. What about Joseph, real quick? Joseph, spoiled. He was. All kids don't smell like him. He, he was spoiled by his daddy. 
And he has a dream that his dad, mom, and brother are going to bow down before him. He goes, hey, God, man, and then, and then one of these days you are going to bow before me. Well, he shouldn't have done that. God put him on a journey. And the journey was, they're going to bow before you one day, son. Where's the detail, God? Thirteen years. He's in excruciating pain. His brothers reject him. They put him up for dead. They sell him into slavery. He's accused of rape. Uh, he's thrown into a prison. He's forgotten by the prisoners. He's forgotten by the prisoner guard. Thirteen years. Where's the details, God? God has a path that we're led down, but he's weak on the details of what will happen on the path. But you know what I believe Joseph did for 13 years and all the years he's in that prison? I believe he walked one step at a time. God, you gave me your word. God, you gave me your word. God, you gave me your promise. God, I trust you. God, I praise you. And he turned in from a little old spoiled brat into a wonderful man of God. And God was able to use him in the midst of that journey one step at a time. I could, I could give you many other illustrations like the disciples on the ship, etc., etc. But please understand this. With every instance I find practically in the Word of God where a man or a woman was following the steps of the Lord, ordained of God the path that's there. He doesn't fill in the detail, but if you'll keep on walking, keep on the right attitude in the final analysis, you will see the hand of God do something phenomenal in you and through you and for the glory of God. But too many times we give up on the journey. Let me tell you something. Perhaps if God filled in all the details of that journey, many of us may not want to take the journey at all. Think about that. If God gave us every precise detail on that journey, many of us may not would have taken that journey at all. Therefore, God trusts us many times more than we trust Him. May I remind you, the safest place in the world to be, if you're Paul and Silas, is in that prison. The safest place if you're following the Lord for Joseph was in that prison. The safest place for the disciples to be uh, was in that boat while the winds were trans uh, going back and forth against that little boat uh, there in the sea. If you follow the leading of the Lord, then the boat in the midst of the storm is the safest place in all the world. Where God leads, God will always provide. When life knocks you down, when you feel like God hasn't given you all the details in your step, get back up on your feet and keep on trusting God because the next thing he does will be better than the last thing that God did. He makes no mistakes. His grace is sufficient. He has a plan for your life and he wants you to walk that thing out. He wants you to walk it through the prison. He wants you to walk it through the storm. He wants you to trust God no matter where it is that he's placed you. If you're in the will of God on that path of the Lord, he will provide every need that you have. Now, friend, we need not stay with our God and not think just because the difficulty arises that God no longer loves us. We cannot say just because the journey we're on, the path we're on is, is tempestuous or painful or hurtful. We can't say God doesn't love us or God's left us. No, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. That's what he said he will do. We need to stay on course and stay close to our Redeemer if we're on the path that God's placed us on. Are you with me? Amen. Now, God's the one who directs the steps.
The Holy Spirit directs the thoughts, affections, and designs of good people. The Bible said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. The role of the Holy Spirit is to lead us and to lead us into all truth. Paul said, for as many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And he said, if you want uh, the Lord to order your steps, you must be led and be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Now, sometimes the journey gets hard. And there have been many times in my life, church, where I know that I know I was on the specific path that the Holy Spirit placed me on. And I'm walking, and I'm rejoicing, and I'm happy because I feel like I've heard the word of the Lord. I have the assurance in my heart. I have the promise in my spirit. And then all of a sudden, life happens. All of a sudden, I'm ambushed by life. I'm ambushed by my own spiritual prison. I'm ambushed by God's apparent silence. I'm ambushed by disappointment. I'm ambushed by something that breaks my heart. I'm ambushed by something that can make me sour. And the whole time, the enemy sits right here going, where is your God? You are a fool for trusting that God. You've come short again. You can't hear the voice of God. Surely he leads you by still waters and he leads you by green pastures. Surely he loves you too much to let you go through this. And more times than not, we get weary of the journey when tests and trials come. And therefore, we want to jump off of that path and get on our own path to go our own way. Every once in a while, a good person will be sidetracked by sin. Throughout the Bible, we see many good people got sidetracked and messed up. For example, Noah's a good man, but Noah got drunk. Moses was a good man, but he killed a man. David was a good man, but he committed adultery. Peter was a good man, but he swore and he cursed. You too may have gotten sidetracked in the journey. And you too may have gotten upset with God in the journey. Let's just be real. Have you ever got upset with God? I have. Friend, maybe I don't swim as deep as you do. I'm a human being. And there's been times God has put me on paths that I've heard, I've heard, I thought, from the A to the Z, but I wasn't ready for the things that came at me and through me and to me. I wasn't ready for that. And man, it shook my faith. It rattled me down to the very fiber of my being. And I'm saying, God, why? Where are you? Why did you let this happen? You told me what you wanted, but it didn't fill in the detail. And not filling that detail hurts. And there's some of you, if not many of you in this room tonight, you were doing everything just right. You were on the path that God put you on. You had the hope of reconciliation. You had the hope of a divorce not happening. You had the hope of the healing coming to the body. You had the hope of the financial blessing. You had the hope of the job. But all of a sudden, life happened. You're going, why, God? Now, friends, that's just where the rubber meets the road tonight. God loves you in spite of it. And God has you on the path for a purpose. Don't jump off the path. Don't jump overboard. Don't get angry with God. Get up and keep on walking. Keep on walking. God will not cast you down. For the Lord upholds you with his hand. When you and I mess up, God's not going to cast us away. If you ask God for forgiveness, he'll give it. The Bible said, though he fail, he shall not utterly be cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. God makes allowances for our mistakes. 
He holds us up. That's a wonderful truth. The steps of a good man, a person ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Hope it, does it make sense? God is not angry with us. God is not toying with our emotions. God is not seeing how much pain we can endure. God is not trying to say the old proverbial carry down on the stick and the donkey never can get it type of an ordeal. The steps of a righteous man's ordered of God and life happens in the process. He's a powerful God, weak in filling out detail, but strong in his belief system toward you and me. Because the path we're on, together, we're going to make it. But Pastor, you know how my heart breaks. No, and you know how mine breaks either. But he does. He was standing near when his son died. He knows what grief and pain is all about. He understands his child in the den of lions. He understands his child in the fiery furnace. He understands his children that have been beaten beyond recognition. He understands it all for he's touched by the thing of our infirmity. So here's the thing. If we're on the path, there's something he's wanting to mature in your life and mine. And sometimes it takes those things coming from the outside that causes us to use our faith to grow and mature into things of God. I am not God. But I know one thing, the God that I know, the God that I love, the God that I serve wants your best at his heart. He doesn't let life happen to bring, bring misery and bring pain just for the sake of misery and pain. Life happens. And we know that, church, because it pleased the Father to bruise his own son. And many are the afflictions of the righteous, but our Lord will deliver us from them all. My, I guess what I want to say, and, 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 and the steps of a righteous man's order of God, if you are in the will of God, in spite of the pain and the living hell that you might be going through tonight, that's the safest place in the world for you to be. And many of the things that come your way on that path, you did not instigate them, but God can control them because he didn't instigate them. Are you with me? But he can control them. And I have learned through life, and it's still a hard lesson to learn, but I'll guarantee you, according to the teachings of God's Word, the next thing that God does for you will be better than the last thing that God did for you. And maybe somebody got in the way and pulled the rug out from underneath you, and you're lying on your back flat out and going, God, what happened? I didn't plan on this. I didn't want this. Why, why, why? Let me tell you, if you but hold on to the hand of God, if you continue to have an attitude, Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. And I'm going to praise you in spite of it. I'll guarantee you, you'll come out of this thing a stronger person than when you went in. You'll come out much stronger. And God will be glorified, and you will be edified. And you'll look back one day and go, wow, I didn't sit at the moment. But God did a great grace in my life. 